What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Young, Black, and Opinionated. I'm your host, Christina Rister. This is episode 147, I think. We are creeping up to 150, okay? If you're new or if you just never got around to it, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO Podcast while they're still working. (laughs) We're going to talk about that Facebook outage on this episode. Don't worry. So, um, yeah, I have a lot of topics to cover since this podcast became bi-weekly. I got to cover all the news and celebrity gossip from the past two weeks. So let's get into it. All right, y'all know how this goes. First segment of the show, we got to kick it off with Put Y'all On. And this week, I'm going to plug myself. <laughs> this week, my Put Y'all On is the new YBO merch collection. Woo! So some of you may know that I do my merch through Amazon. And um, the funny thing is I don't even shop on Amazon that much. But if you are in the process of trying to come up with some merchandise, for your podcast or YouTube channel or whatever venture you have going on, definitely check out Merch by Amazon. It's really easy and fun and I love you guys for supporting me. So go to the YBO link on the Instagram or Facebook and get your YBO merch via Merch by Amazon. And this this season I wanted to do, so let me backtrack. I've had what three collections now the first collection was YBO branded stuff and you can still get some of that stuff the Juneteenth collection that was very popular this year um all original designs by the way if you didn't know I have a BA in graphic design so I gets busy in illustrator okay I gets busy in photoshop I know what I'm doing and (laughs) the Juneteenth collection sold really well and then um that's not available anymore though that was just a one-time thing And now this collection, I'm calling this the statement collection. And it's just basically my favorite phrases and affirmations that I wanted to put on fall colored attire apparel. So we got cranberry, navy, brown, heather gray for the fall time. We got the hoodies, we got the long sleeves. And um, the first one that we started out with was Watch Me Rise. So I have Watch Me Rise. And that's kind of like, you know, I play on my Angelou Still I Rise, you know? Watch me rise. You gonna stand over there and you gonna watch me blossom and flourish over here, okay? So we got Watch Me Rise and we got, uh, the second one is Character Over Clout. And I've talked about this on the podcast before and just how I feel like we live in an era where everybody is clout chasing. Everybody wants to be on top. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be heard, especially with social media influencers And I feel like a lot of people will sell their soul for clout. Like people will do anything for some clout. And I'm choosing character over clout. I want good character. And I hope that anybody listening to this also agrees. So character over clout, watch me rise. Go get your YBO merch. That's my put y'all on this week. Now, I don't know what category this falls under. I'm gonna call it story time. I got a story time for y'all. So I just had to share this story because it was just, it, it was it was not funny in the moment, but it kind of was. And now looking back, it's just hilarious. So my friend, Brianna, she's been on the podcast before. Hey, Brie. She asked me in June if I wanted to go to the J. Cole concert. Mind you, he had just came out off season. Y'all know I'm a big J. Cole fan. 
I've only seen him live one time and that was like seven years ago. So I was like, yes, post COVID. Well, we're not even post COVID, but I was assuming this would be my first post COVID concert, you know? So I said, yeah. And we did splurge. We did pay a nice little penny for some 12th row seats. Okay. So we've been planning this since June and I already knew since June that this concert was going to be on a weekday. It was supposed to be on a Wednesday night. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna be so tired. Then as the day got closer, I realized that was also like the biggest event week at my job ever. So I'm like, oh great. Like it's going to be a busy week at work. Then I'm gonna try to go to a concert midday, wake up the next day, go back to work. I was stressed y'all, but I was like, whatever, I'm gonna make the most of it. So Wednesday comes, the day of the concert comes, and I am just thinking about this concert all day. I can't wait to clock out, do what I got to do. I'm going to get cute. I'm going to get lit. I was pre-gaming, y'all. I took an edible. <laughs> I was pre-gaming for this concert. My friend picked me up at like 7.30. The concert was at 8 in Philly. You know, we live right across the bridge. So we are hype. We are, I'm over here recording Instagram stories. I'm over here, I, I was on Instagram, like, I'm in the car laughing like Drake, ha, 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 ki, ki, ki. I literally said that, I'm in the car laughing like Drake. I was lit at the time. I told y'all, I was turning up. And so, by the time we get across the bridge, there's, like, this bypass in Philly where you could see the whole city from, like, the bypass, and you could see the sports stadiums. The concert was supposed to be at the Wells Fargo Center where the Sixers play. I look at the Wells Fargo Center, I'm like, why the parking lot look empty? <laughs> And my friend was like, oh, I don't know, whatever. So I just let it go. I was like, all right, we'll get there. When we get closer, we'll see. But as we got closer, I was like, no, it's empty. Something is not right. Do we got the wrong date? We pull up to the gate, y'all. The security guard said, J. Cole has been rescheduled for October 27th. It was September 29th, y'all. I was sick. I was like, honestly, though, I told y'all I was lit. By the time I pre-gamed and everything, I was lit. So by the time that man told us that, I literally laughed in his face. I couldn't, I, all I could do was laugh. Because here I am, stressed all month, all week about this concert. Get to the damn concert, and ain't no concert. My friend was pissed. Brianna, I'm so, so sorry that I didn't take it seriously at the time. I mean, I did take it seriously, but I was just like, you know, letting it roll off my back. I was just like, okay, we can go home. Brianna was pissed. Brianna was screaming. And so she was, she was not lit. She was sober. She was the driver. I was lit. So I'm over here like, ha 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 jokes on us. But yeah, that was very embarrassing. I had egg on my face because of the fact that I'm sitting here posting on my Instagram story, J Cole tonight, blah, blah. I deleted my story so fast. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. And then I was just thinking like, nobody told us anything. And Brianna did say that she did get an email that morning at 10 a.m., but we both work. How are we supposed to fucking see our email? So um, I was mad that there was not more communication from Live Nation or whoever we bought the tickets from. I was mad that there wasn't more communication from them. I was mad that J. Cole or 21 Savage or, or Moray, anybody on the concert, didn't bother to post about it. No tweet, no, no, no Instagram, nothing. And that kind of put a bad taste in my mouth with J. Cole because I'm like, I'm a huge fan and you can't even do the courtesy of telling us the show is canceled. And um, then the concert was at 8. I tweeted around 5 p.m. like, can't wait to get lit tonight for J. Cole. Turns out my friend from college actually 
responded to that tweet an hour later and was like, if you're going to Philly, it got canceled. Oh, I wish I saw, I said, I, I messaged him back. I said, I wish I saw this two hours ago. <laughs> it was just, a, I just couldn't believe that happened to us. So the concert has been rescheduled, but of course, story of my life, it gets rescheduled for my boyfriend's birthday. And my boyfriend was not going to the concert with us. Me and Brianna were going by ourselves. We bought our own tickets. So um, we're going to have to figure that out. I will give you guys an update on the next episode. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a, I, I don't know. I'm going to probably still go. Sorry, Josh. But I just couldn't believe that happened to me. All I could do was laugh because my life has really been a joke lately. So that's my story time. All right, now let's get into the news. Number one. I just want to say, can y'all stop fucking killing people out here? Can y'all stop killing out here? The homicide rate is up. I keep seeing it everywhere on the news and we need to talk about it. Stop the violence. I'm not trying to be funny. Like really stop the violence because I just don't understand. For me, what really gets me about homicide is you thought that you had enough power as a human being to take another human being's life. That does not sit right with me. Nobody is that powerful. Nobody should have that kind of power except God. Only God should be taking lives. And I don't I, I don't know if all of these homicides have been due to gun violence, but particularly in my neck of the woods, uh, over the bridge in Philadelphia, it's, it's just been gun violence. And we need to find a better way to handle our feelings, people. Guns are not the answer. Death is not the answer. Stop, just stop killing people. And I just want to share the statistic I saw on CNN this morning. U.S. record, oh wait, I'm sorry, I can't read. U.S. records, there we go. <laughs> U.S. records biggest jump in homicide rate in modern history. 30% increase between 2019 and 2020. What the fuck is y'all doing out here? Y'all don't got jobs. Y'all don't got families you don't think the people you're killing have families that care about them just nonsense so that's what I wanted to say about the homicide rate please please stop the violence now I guess this is better news good news I don't know how you want to look at this but I'm talking about this Tesla lawsuit so this will happen a former worker I'm gonna just read right off the article a former worker at Tesla's Fremont factory says his supervisor and other workers called him racial slurs and told him things like, go back to Africa. So obviously a black man. So the federal court in San Francisco awarded $137 million to an ex-Tesla worker who endured racist abuse at the company. It only took four hours of deliberation. And his name is Owen Diaz. He was a former elevator operator. He got far more than his attorneys had even demanded for their client. And so this is a win, I guess, for somebody to finally fight back against a big company like Tesla, because Elon Musk is fucking snarky as shit. But um, it's not a win that he had to go through the racism at his job and the trauma. Um... You know, money helps, but it's not going to take away what was said to him. It's not going to take away what was done to him. But I just wanted to bring that to y'all attention that a black man did get some money out of Elon Musk. So, 
Um, and he said in an interview with the Daily Beast, he believes the jury issued their verdict, verdict, quote, for everybody that works at Tesla, this is their way of putting Elon Musk on notice. I know that's right. Period. We're going to talk about these tech people in a minute, but let me finish the news. Okay, so we talked about the Tesla lawsuit. Let's talk about another win for black people. Now, this is really a win, you know? A lawsuit over racism, mm, I don't know if you want to count that as a win. This is really a win. The National Inventors Hall of Fame has inducted two black women for the first time in history. The Inventors Hall of Fame. Yes. So let me just read to y'all who these women are and what they have done. Um. Okay, never mind. I don't think it says all that. I don't think this article says all that. But I know their names. Dr. Patricia Bath, she's an ophthalmologist and laser scientist, and Marion Croak, a computer engineer. So, yeah, I don't know what they invented, but they are going into the National Inventors Hall of Fame, and they will be having the same title and honor as Thomas Edison and Steve Jobs. You go, black ladies. I know that's right. And I need to stop saying I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. That I need to stop saying I know that's right. Okay. Now, this is definitely a win in my opinion. Y'all saw in the news that they announced the Super Bowl halftime show. Okay, so first of all, let me just say that I am actually enjoying this football season. And the reason I say that is because if you know me, if you listen to this podcast, I don't be talking about sports on here because I don't know a damn thing about sports. I love to watch basketball. I know basketball players by name, but I'm not like really, really a sports fan like that. And football, I definitely don't watch it as much as basketball. But this season, things have changed because I am in a committed relationship and my boyfriend is basically like, we gonna watch football every Sunday. So... (laughs) I've been sitting there right with him, watching the sports, watching the athletic activities, (laughs) and um, I've actually been getting to know the game better, which is helping me enjoy it more, because I am asking him a lot of questions. Y'all know I like to talk and ask questions, and he's probably annoyed with me during every game. However... He has been very patient, and I have learned a lot about football. So I'm excited to see what teams will go to the Super Bowl in February. And I cannot wait to see this halftime lineup. Five legends of hip-hop, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, and Snoop Dogg will perform at the Super Bowl 56. Can y'all read Roman numerals? I'll be having a hard time. Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles on February 13th, 2022. uh, Jay-Z said, this is history in the making. And I really um, like the fact that Jay-Z is trying to make his mark on the NFL and change things for the better, it seems. Change things to be in our favor for once. Um, I was going to say an all black show. I forgot Eminem is not black, <laughs> but I mean, this year we had the weekend before that we had Shakira and JLo. So it has been getting more diverse and this, you have to think this is the biggest show on earth. Really? It's, it's global. It's huge. So 
Um, I feel like at the beginning when Jay-Z joined the NFL, um, when Rock Nation joined the NFL or whatever, we all felt like he was kind of selling out, but he clearly is playing the long game. So shout out to Jay-Z. Might, I might want to go back to the first time he joined and listen to that episode and see what I said then. But I'm willing to bet that I probably said something similar. Okay, so moving on to my last bit of news, and I already covered this on YouTube, so I won't go into depth, but the Tony Awards happened recently, and I am a former show kid. I performed in musical theater in high school. I'm sure you can probably hear it in my voice. I never really had a main lead. I, I was more of an ensemble character. <laughs> um, my claim to fame was I was the teacher in Greece my senior year. So that was my biggest role. But <laughs> I still enjoyed it. I love Broadway. I love musicals. Um, and it's funny because last episode I said nobody wants to watch a Dear White People musical. I love musicals and I'm not. I'm still not interested in that. And I've seen a lot of bad reviews about it too. Everybody was like, they should have left it at season, the last season. But anyways, Broadway, Tony Awards, what caught my attention about it was one of the best plays out there, Slave Play by Jeremy O'Harris, he didn't win anything. He was nominated for like 12 awards and didn't win anything. And it just brought up the conversation of how Broadway is racist. So if you want to hear my thoughts about that, go watch my last YouTube video. Um, I just posted that last week. Yeah, yeah, go check it out. Okay, so speaking of awards, let's get into the BET Hip Hop Awards. You know how they have, and I don't know why they do this. I don't know how this came about, but um, they have the Hip Hop Awards in addition to the regular BET Awards. And so this is Hip Hop's Biggest Night. I mean, mm, was it? Because I have to say I was a little disappointed. Now, y'all know I really don't even watch a lot of award shows anymore. I really don't watch them at all anymore because I don't have cable. I'm a cord cutter and I mostly stream things. So if I do see an award show, I am watching social media clips. However, I watched Lotto's performance, and y'all know I'm a Lotto fan. I'm a big Lotto fan. A big, big Lotto fan. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> but I was not impressed by her performance. It was lackluster for me. Um, and I didn't like the black wig looking like Morticia. I don't know, just wasn't it for me. Um, and I watched Bia's performance. Bia was a little better than Lotto, but still kind of, hmm. it really didn't get hyped till Lil John came out. Bia, Bia. But the thing is, and I, I wanted to say this on the podcast, I am really loving Bia. I was asleep and now I have awaken. Awoken? I have awoken. And now I realize I actually like her. But that performance, I was just like, eh. And you know what else? I really didn't like the red carpet looks. Um, this was filmed in Atlanta recently in like September, October. And I don't know why everybody had on puffy coats. Um, I love Bia. I just told y'all that. But the outfit, the, the long zebra coat, mm, she should have just did the zebra boots. Knee high zebra boots with a long zebra coat. It's just too much for me. But... Yeah, I didn't like Trina's outfit. Um, just a lot of the outfits were not cute to me. 
But one did stand out, and it was the only one I posted on the YBO Instagram. <laughs> and that's Remy Ma. Remy Ma's outfit was very cute. It was like this cutout red gown with like all cutouts all over it. It was really cute. So go look at that on the YBO Instagram page. But let me just rattle off some of the winners to you guys. Tyler, the creator, was honored with the inaugural Cultural Influence Award. So that's cool. That's a new award, and he won it. And he also won Hip Hop Album of the Year. Who is he going up against? I would like to know. Um, uh, mm. <laughs> I'm making these sounds because I probably would have voted for J. Cole if I had the uh, power. But the rest of the category is kind of mediocre. The Hip Hop Album of the Year category was Moneybag Yo, A Gangsta's Pain, Tyler the Creator, Call Me If You Get Lost, Migos, Culture 3, forgot about that album, Megan Thee Stallion, Good News, DJ Khaled, Khaled Khaled, 21 Savage, Savage Mode 2, and J. Cole, Off Season. Out of all of those, I would have chose J. Cole, obviously, but um, Tyler the Creator, I, actually, a lot of people liked his album more than J. Cole, so good for him. Other winners included Lil Baby. He got multiple awards, including Artist of the Year. And in that category, he was up against Cardi B, Drake, J. Cole, Megan Thee Stallion, and Tyler, the Creator. Um, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion took home three awards for WAP. Young Blue was named Best Hip Hop Artist. I feel like he slowly is making his name known. All, I, I, I told y'all on the podcast, all it takes is one Drake feature. Get yourself a nice little Drake feature. You'll be good to go. And who else do we have here? Um, J. Cole was named Lyricist of the Year. And they also had performances from Baby Keem. Again, he performed in a puffy coat. It We're inside and it's Atlanta and it's an unseasonably warm fall. What are you doing? <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the BET Hip Hop Awards. A lot of people are just saying that, you know, it wasn't like it used to be. And I think that's a combination of things. I think that a lot of people are like me, cord, cord cutters. Nobody's tuning in anymore. Also, COVID. COVID has extremely changed the way we run award shows. And finally, just interest. There weren't any particularly big names or anything like that at this award show. It's like all new artists. The, the, the veterans don't even come out anymore. Like why is Chris Brown nominated? You know, he's not coming to the little BET hip hop awards. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. So yeah, that was the BET hip hop awards. Now, what did I, what else did I want to talk about? I got a whole list of topics here. Speaking of music, let's get into Meek Mill. So I live in South Jersey as I've said numerous times, and that means that we claim Meek Mill. <laughs> if, if, if you're located near Philly, you claim Philly. And so Meek Mill, he really was a star in like, I wanna say like my high school years. That's when he was really coming out with the mixtapes. He was really making a name for himself. He was new, he was fresh, he was exciting. Now Meek Mill is washed. My little brother who's 23 told me, who's checking for Meek Mill anymore, who cares? He had an album come out on October 1st. I don't know how it did. It's, it hasn't even been a week yet. But I listened to it and I felt like it was Meek. 
<laughs> like I was never Meek Mill was never one of my top five artists, but um, it was it was okay. It was a solid album. Like it wasn't. I'm not gonna say I had any. I feel like one of the best songs on there was probably the Money Bag Yo Joint. So um, take that for what you will. It was called Expensive Pain, and um, I mean I don't know. I'm just I guess I'm just asking. Is Meek Mill washed up? Do people care about him anymore? I don't know. Maybe not. Um, but that's what I've been listening to. Well, not listening to. I ran it once, y'all. Maybe I'll go back to that Money Bag Yo song. That's how I really gauge if an album is good or not. Like, if I want to go back and listen to it over and over, then I feel like that is a noteworthy album. If I'm not really interested in replaying these songs, then it's not a good album. Now, who else has an album coming out? Uh, Don Tolliver. Don Tolliver has his album, Life of a Don. That's the name of it, I think. Yep, yep. It's coming out on Friday, October 8th. And he recently released a guest, the clothing brand, Capsule. And um, it's all tied to his uh, album. So it is a limited edition merch capsule for the upcoming record. And I'm excited. I like Don Tolliver. I told you guys, what was it, last year? He was supposed to be on the XXL freshman class, but he had an attitude. He didn't want to participate in the ciphers, so they nixed him. And that kind of put a bad taste in my mouth because I'm telling y'all, like, I'm one of those people, like, if I hear that you're a shitty person, it does make me look at you a little bit differently. I'm gonna still listen to the album, but I do be looking at him a little differently now. And he not cute. I just, <laughs> I just have to say that. I have to say that because as I'm sitting here looking at pictures of him, oh my God, he is not cute. He lucky the music is good. <laughs> I'm horrible. Okay, moving on. That's all I have for music. Meek Mill, Don Tolliver, get into it. Let's talk about what to watch because boy, do I have some stuff to tell you. First of all, this week I watched a movie called The Guilty on Netflix. I liked it. I will recommend it unless you don't like that kind of one camera, one shot type movie. And I normally don't like that. And I was getting a little tired of it uh, towards the end of this movie, but Luckily, he left his chair because I was like, he's not going to be sitting in this chair the whole time, is he? And what I mean by that is the movie synopsis is Jake Gyllenhaal is a demoted cop because he shot somebody. And now he's been demoted to a 911 operator. When the movie first started, I was like, ew, he's not a good 911 operator. And then when they started to reveal like why he was there, then I was like, okay, so he don't want to be here. Because <laughs> he was talking like, he didn't want to do his job. And I'm like, people are having emergencies and calling 911 and you're giving attitude. So the movie was good and it has so many twists and turns. I'm not going to ruin it for y'all. But basically the premise is this lady has been uh, abducted and she calls 911. She manages to, uh, you know, get a phone secretly. And he's trying to solve the case and help her over the phone and it really made me realize how 911 operators really be having to do this shit that was a good movie because it's really based on fact 911 operators be having to show people tell people how to give cpr over the phone 
and and and, and people are screaming their head off and they got to keep people calm all types of stuff so thank you to our 911 operators and our emergency respondents and Jake Gyllenhaal played that role Jake Gyllenhaal I feel like I couldn't have cast anybody better honestly and then come to find out I'm like oh this movie is good who made this because you know I'll be looking at the credits and it was Antoine Fuqua I think that's how you say his last name he was behind Southpaw with Jake Gyllenhaal and I enjoyed that movie and he's all and, and I believe um Antoine Fuqua is also behind uh ugh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank training day is it or uh equalizer yep he did he did Training Day, The Magnificent Seven, Equalizer 2. He did the first Equalizer. He did Creed. Oh, wait, he didn't do Creed. Was that him? No, he didn't do Creed. Brooklyn's Finest. So y'all know him. Y'all know him. And um, he was behind this movie, and it was really good. So that is a movie recommendation for y'all on Netflix, The Guilty. But what I really need to talk about right now is lord i want to talk about midnight mass what the heck is this show i'm gonna try not to give any spoilers in fact i'm gonna just play for y'all some clips that i recorded of myself while i was watching the show so i think they're about two minutes long no i'm sorry one of them is like five minutes long but bear with me because i definitely want to share my thoughts about midnight mass and this show, all I can do is just say, watch it. That's it. And I know everybody's talking about Squid Game right now. I ain't watched that yet. I might watch it because at first everybody was like, oh, Squid Game is so violent. And I was like, I don't want to watch all that. But then by the time I watched Midnight Mass, I was like, this is violent as fuck. <laughs> that show did not go where I expected it at all. I just thought it was going to be a cute little, um, you know, show about a, a sleepy little Catholic town. That show was giving like, Ozark meets uh, Vampire Diaries meets, uh, look, listen, just listen to this. Hold on. Okay, I'm going to save this message for my future self so I can use on the podcast. So I started watching Midnight Mass and I'm on episode three. I don't even know how many episodes there are. I think it's a limited series. Hold on, let me see. Um, I'll figure it out later. But... Um, so I would, I just want to give my first impression of these people in this town. I'm on season three. I mean, I'm on season one, episode three, book three, Proverbs. And we have to consider what they're doing with the titles as well. Um, you know, giving hints to things, but okay. So let's just start with the main character. I feel like the main character of this series is Riley, Riley Flynn, no, let's start with the time period. Y'all, I still don't know what time period it is. It is episode three. <laughs> as soon as this show first came on, I just thought, okay, it's clearly like um, a rundown, you know, marina town, like a fisherman's town or whatever. Like, like, a, like I, I thought it was like a shore town, okay? So then as we got closer, like, into conversations and like, scenery I was like is this even present day is it it looks like the 80s why does it look like the 80s everything is so blue um but anyways it kind of gives me like an 
Ozark vibe, but it's not drug dealing. Um, I don't know. Just that like dreary town vibe. Okay, whatever. So with Riley Flynn, it's like they picked the actor and I don't know his name, but I like him in Good Girls and I'm a, I'm going to learn his name for this episode. Um, I, I like him as an actor and so he's charming and you forget that he literally killed somebody in a drunk driving accident. He got four to 10 years, only served four, got probation, came back to town and started living with your mom. Like what the heck? Like you can't get away with shit like that. Like no matter how charming you are, you kill somebody and you need to pay for that. And I don't think four years was long enough, whatever. And so... The dad, such a stereotypical dad, just doing the best he can to keep a roof over his other son's head and over the mom's head. But realistically, after the oil spill, which, oh my God, man, an oil spill devastates your town and you can't do nothing about it. The government's not doing nothing about it. There was some type of settlement, but y'all basically donated all the money you got to the church. That was not a wise move. And what I wanted to say was, what I wanted to add was, can't think of her name right now. Her name is Erin, 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 Riley's little love interest or whatever. Right now I'm on episode three, so I don't know much about her, but she's pregnant. She grew up in this town, left, did her thing, came back. Now she's pregnant. She had a very, very turbulent relationship with her mother. Her mother was an alcoholic. And I just want to say that she, she's a badass in her own right for, Showing up on every Sunday to go to mass, pregnant, no baby father. Showing not got no baby daddy, and she's unwed. And um, I just want to say, for a pregnant woman, she drinks an awful lot of tea and coffee. I just feel like she always got a mug in her hand. I feel like it's always, you want to get some tea? Like, should you be drinking all that caffeine? I hope it's decaffeinated. I know it's a show and I need to, I need to stop overanalyzing everything. Cause I just be like, oh my God, that's so unrealistic. And then people be like, yeah, cause it's a show. And I'm like, you're right. Or it's a movie. Yeah. Cause in real life, this would never, ever happen. And I need to just enjoy things for how they are. Like this is not, maybe this is not supposed to be realistic. This is actually really making me think about faith. This show made me cry y'all. That miracle, that first miracle, that first big miracle really made me cry. I actually had tears. I actually cried. So this show is good and I need to just enjoy TV for what it is because I was sitting here like, now is this show uh, satire? Is it a fantasy? Is it both? And is it, and I was just like, you know what? Just enjoy it. (laughs) All right. That's all. Okay, y'all, I had to cut some of it because it was too long because I kept talking and then I realized I was giving away spoilers. So I think maybe I'll turn this into a bonus episode and I will have a bonus episode to just talk about a show that really, really impressed me lately. And if anybody else watched it and you just want to hear my thoughts, that'll be a bonus episode for you. Um, If you don't plan on watching it, but you think it sounds interesting and you just want to tell me the synopsis, you want me to tell you the synopsis, you can listen to that too. (laughs) And, um, oh, sorry if my voice just got far away because I dropped another microphone, a second microphone. Okay. And I had to pick it up. So the last thing that I want to talk about today, the final topic, I know this is a long episode, but I told you guys I had a lot to talk about. 
the final topic is this Facebook outage and social media in general. And I don't even know where to start because let's just start with the outage. What day was it? Tuesday, Monday, a Monday? I think it was a Monday. The, no, was it Tuesday? Whatever day it was, the social medias went out. <laughs> Facebook went down for several hours. I think it must've been like eight hours. Facebook was down and consequently Instagram and WhatsApp were down because Facebook owns Instagram and WhatsApp. Let's start there. Why does one company have a monopoly of social medias? Um, that should be broken up. I don't think that's good. I don't think that's a good idea because Instagram has basically turned into Facebook. Same chat features, just completely really trying to do away with photos and just make it all video. They're like trying to become TikTok slash Facebook. I don't know. And that's why I just don't really like Instagram anymore. Um, I know I'm a social media producer, but I just don't really like doing all that stuff on Instagram. <laughs> it's too much. Like I was there when they created Instagram. I joined Instagram in like 2012. So I remember when I literally used to post a sandwich with different hashtags and filters and it was fun and it was cute and now it's just too much. And I'm sure a lot of people out there agree with me. When you go on Instagram now, it's just everybody trying to sell you something, trying to sell you some tea, trying to sign you up for Forex. You got sex spam bots in your messages all day, fake sugar daddy account <laughs> spam bots in your DMs. You got people sending you memes. You got stories, reels, IGTV actually is, is being done away with, breaking news, that happened this week. Um, they're just trying to just make everything like all video, just full form video like TikTok. Anyways, what I wanted to say about this is the whistleblower is the most interesting part to me. Obviously, maybe it's a coincidence or I don't know, maybe I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but right now, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, is being dragged through Congress by a whistleblower who, her name is Francis Hogan, I've heard it pronounced. I've also heard it pronounced Francis Haugen. Her last name is spelled H-A-U-G-E-N. Blonde lady. And the reason I bring up her race and her hair color is because I've been paying attention to the news. There have been many other whistleblowers at Google, at Pinterest. And I feel like those stories really didn't get a lot of publicity. Um, I feel like those stories shook up the tech industry, but they didn't shake up the world. They didn't shake up the world. Mark Zuckerberg, you're... Apps go down for a couple hours. I heard rumors that employees couldn't get in the building. Their badges weren't working. Then I read things about data breaches and what happened to our data while the, the Facebook outage happened. And then I heard like, this is why, this is why you shouldn't just go by what I heard. You shouldn't just go by what I'm saying. You should read it. <laughs> Please read it for yourself. Read a reputable source. I don't really know who to tell you is a reputable, reputable source anymore because Politics and journalism and media, they all cross lines. So I don't know who to 
who to no. The point is, I just think that social media has really taken over, and I'm afraid that there's nothing we can do about it, friends. <laughs> I feel like the reason I brought up the woman's race earlier is because this story is all over the news. This story is all over the headlines. And people are paying attention, especially when it happens the same week that Facebook goes out. Facebook goes down. Now people are mad at you. Now people in other countries around the world who solely communicate through WhatsApp can't even contact their friends and family because WhatsApp is down. And some people might say, well, why don't they just make a regular phone call? Because people in other countries don't like to rely on cell service. They don't, they don't want to pay for an expensive cell service when they have free access to WhatsApp. Okay. So they use WhatsApp to talk to their friends and family. And now for eight hours, you can't contact anybody. What if something happens to you? And I just feel like Mark Zuckerberg, first of all, his eyes scare me, y'all. His eyes, look at his eyes, y'all. He looks, <laughs> he looked like he belonged on Midnight Mass. Oh my God, he looked crazy. His eyes scare me, y'all. His eyes look hollow to me. And that's because they say Facebook puts profit over people. And who can blame him? I'm not, I'm not, I'm playing devil's advocate. That's what I'm going to say. I'm not defending Mark Zuckerberg. I'm playing devil's advocate here to myself. And I'm saying, imagine you were just a young kid and your idea took off out of college and you became, is he a billionaire? Probably. You own this big ass global company. Um, and now, and, and, and so you, you took some money from some politicians and put up some ads and you didn't really monitor the beast that you were feeding. That's that's what it was, y'all. Mark Zuckerberg, he really, the, the idea just started so he could, you know, match some people up at colleges. He wasn't expecting to take over the world like this. And now that he has that power, why wouldn't you get all the money you can? If you're a narcissist, I think he might be. I think he might be. I don't know. I'm just saying... I'm just playing devil's advocate and I want you guys to think about this. I want to hear your thoughts. Please email me at helloybo at gmail.com. <laughs> Seriously though, because I've had people starting conversations under my YouTube channel. I'm looking at my friend. I had some trolls under a YouTube video that I made about the Tony Awards that I told you guys about earlier. And somebody made a negative comment and my friend went to bat for me. And I don't even know how the conversation ended because I can't even read through that stuff. But all I'm saying is social media. <laughs> and I want to hear your thoughts, okay? That's all. Okay, y'all. I've talked enough for today. Remember to subscribe wherever you are listening. If you haven't already, you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at The Wide Wheel podcast you can follow me miss chris d m-i-s-s-c-h-r-i-s-d-e-e on instagram tiktok and twitter and that's all and the next episode will be october 20th stay tuned